over the next uh, maybe week or so, we're going to be talking about the kingdom. And maybe people think, yeah, I know what the kingdom is and so on. But I realize that there are a lot of things that we've taken on board over the years that we have the idea of, but has not become a part of us. And many years ago, um, God woke me up, and it was actually was a, it was an interesting experience. It was um, I had this tap on my foot in in the room. Now I always thought that Olivia, <laughs> what Doris is saying, wasn't her. Um, I thought it was Olivia coming into our bed. So I look up, nobody's there. And then it happened again, and I'm like, <laughs> and I knew then it was an angel of the Lord, and woke me up. Now. I tend to just let my ears prick up and say, God, what are you saying? What are you saying? And I'm listening. And I heard, go downstairs, put the TV on. So I put the TV on. And um, I put it on the God channel at the time. And there's a chap there. His name was Reverend Butler, <laughs> my wife's maiden name. Um, and he, he was preaching on the kingdom. And I pressed record and then went back to bed. Because I knew I had fulfilled what needed to happen. I then decided that I was going to study everything to do with the kingdom. Not realizing that in January, when I looked in my diary, I went back in my diary, I'd written down, must study the kingdom. Now, this was sometime in July. I went all out to study and not what's the kingdom, what is God saying? And God then began to unpack other things to me about the kingdom. And one of the key things he said to me was, how do I stay connected to him all the time? Jesus did it. So I said to God, you know, how do I do that? And he was telling me that um, we all have, when we have a mobile phone, we have apps on the phone. And he was saying that a lot of the apps can't work unless they're connected to a satellite or Wi-Fi. And he says, that's how the Holy Spirit is. That God has given us gifts, but they can't work effectively unless they're connected to the Holy Spirit. But Jesus never had a moment where he was not connected to the Holy Spirit. So I said to God, how do we do that? How do I do that? You know, do I go away and pray all day, every day? You know, that was the principle that monks took on. They wanted to be close to God. So they said, I'm going to shut myself away and I'm going to just pray. I'm going to spend the whole time. But it becomes impractical if you have to raise and serve a community. Because you have to engage in so many different things. And so... God said to me, he says, look, okay, if you can follow a process where you involve me in everything. So I want to talk to us this morning about how do we involve the Holy Spirit in everything. The Bible tells us in Romans 14, verse 17, this is where we're at verse 17, but before that, there's this whole discussion about what food can we eat, can't we eat, what can we drink, what can't we drink, what clothes. All these, they were having this debate in the church because they were arguing about, you know, should we stick to 
what we always did under the Jewish law, now we're now under this new covenant with Christ. Is this still allowed? And they reached to a point where they were arguing about, well, if you eat that, will it offend your brother or sister? If you wear that, will it offend your brother or sister? What do you do? And when you arrive at verse 17, it says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy. Now, verse 16 will tell you that it says it's not about food, meat, or drink. So they had to refocus them rather than arguing about what they shouldn't be eating and not eating, they should be focusing on what is the kingdom about? What is the kingdom of God? So verse 17 actually says this, and this verse, as simple as it might be, is one of the most important verses in your life. Because it's telling you about the parameters of God's domain. The domain in which you live and thrive is the kingdom of God, his domain. And it tells us here that it's righteousness, peace, and joy. And what does it say next? In the Holy Spirit. So in other words, the kingdom of God exists in the Holy Spirit. So that's why when you become born again, it is the Holy Spirit that draws you, right? I will say to you, people who are non-Christians, if you're a sinner, stay in sin till God draws you. If you come any other way, it won't last. It's the Holy Spirit, not me, not anybody else who witnesses or talks to you, who draws you, it's the Holy Spirit that draws you. So you never join a church because of a person. You join it because of the Holy Spirit. So what you do is you, you check, is the Holy Spirit here? That's what you always do. I will say, whenever you're dealing with matters of the kingdom, unless you're evangelizing, if you turn up in a room and God is not in it, get out. Always look for where he is in the room. That's what I do. Where is God in this room? And so the Bible tells us that it's the Holy Spirit that draws you. Because he's the one that the domain or the kingdom is embodied in. So if you come any other way, you're not actually in the kingdom. Therefore, you're not benefiting from everything that the kingdom offers you. So when you become born again, the Holy Spirit draws you and then fills you up so he lives in you, but then also immerses you into the kingdom. I'm just going to ask um, Nicholas to bring me uh, this bottle here. Now, can you actually, anybody see what's in the bottle? Can you see what's in that? Tea bag? Are you sure it's a tea bag? Okay. <laughs> right. Now, this actually gives us an idea of how it works. You're the tea bag, right? All the water is the Holy Spirit. So 
if you look, the water's in the tea bag, the tea bag's in the water, and they're merging together as one. So that's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes into your life. He comes into you, but also you come into him. So that's why the Bible says that we live in God. We, it says in him we live, move, and have our existence. We live in him. But he says, Christ in me is the hope of glory. So what happens is, is that we have to make sure that we stay in the Holy Spirit. It's very easy that when we start to mess about, we can actually... No, I think my wife's concerned I'm going to spill the water on the floor. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not going to do that. Um, but you can actually come out of the Spirit. So now what would happen is the tea bag would drop out and no longer be in the spirit. You'll have some residue, but you won't still be connected. And sometimes we can behave like that. We're not flowing in the spirit. We're manifesting a few things that appear, but in essence, we're not really connected. And that's why you'll find that when push comes to shove, you show up, not the Holy Spirit. But as long as we stay in the Spirit, He will always be operating out of us. So in other words, if this was mint, you would smell like mint. Because so, do you know that when you lift your hands or worship, me talking to you right now, and this, and, 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 and I'm, I'm going really deep here, but also critically important. God has made us the way we are. Taste, smell, feel, hear, all of that. Because that's what he, how he deals with us. Do you know that God smells your worship? Do you know that he smells your worship? Do you know he tastes your worship? But he tastes it like this. So he knows that if there's any other flavor in here that is foreign, he's thinking, oh, yeah, 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 but, but this, this is not you. You've got, you've got some things in here that are getting in the way, the flavor of your worship. Because if you read through the Bible, you hear how many times God will say that the worship comes up as a sweet-smelling savor before him. He, he thinks, oh, this smells great. You know why? Because the more we drop off, the more our intentions. Does that make me wrong? It's not about being perfect. But you see, it's when the tea bag decides it no longer wants to be a tea bag. That God says, hold on a minute, your intentions are all wrong. Because God operates off the intentions of your heart. So it's not about you being the, the most righteous person because the righteousness comes from God. It is about your ultimate intention to please him. So even when you feel you're most messed up, it's not a problem for God if your intentions are true and right because you know that the flavor that's going to really come out will be whatever the tea bag is. Amen. But the key here is to maintain your relationship and stay 
in the water. Because without it, you have no true function. And that's why if you know the story of Samson, what does it end up saying? That when Samson had had his hair cut, which represented his anointing, the Holy Spirit being on him, it said he did everything as at other times and didn't realize that the Holy Spirit had gone. So his power had gone. So a lot of the times when we're in the most difficult challenges in our life, we struggle if we are not immersing ourselves in the Holy Spirit. So sometimes, rather than going after trying to solve the problem, just get deeper in the Holy Spirit. Because He then takes care of the things we're trying to deal with. Because whatever wants to come against us has to come through Him. Because in him we live, move, and have our being. In other words, he surrounds us. He immerses uh, us in his presence. So by doing that now, it allows us to then walk in the spirit. Now, this is what the Bible tells us here. It tells us that in Galatians 5.16, it says, God is a spirit. Therefore, anyone that worships him, worships him, must worship him in spirit and in truth. But he lets us know that we have to walk in the spirit in order that we will not then fulfill all the different desires of the flesh. So how do we walk in the spirit? So this walk is literally about how do I stay connected to the spirit all day? So I began, I got on this journey. How do I do it? So what Jesus did, he got up first thing in the morning, really early, and he prayed. And he did this because he wanted to make sure that the beginning of his day started with God. So what I started to do, I started to get up really early in the morning. Very early, to the point where I'd set an alarm. <laughs> and my wife said, darling, I'm not a morning person. Could you not have the alarm on? Now, now, the, the key thing about this journey that it's personal. This was my time, but my alarm was making it her time. So I had to find another way to make sure I wasn't disturbing her, but was having my time with God. Now, this is important, husbands, wives, and families. You're a unit, but your salvation is only your salvation. You have to find your time to make sure that you are getting connected with God. Young kids, mum and dad pray, they cover the house, but you have to find your time to say, I've got to have my personal time with God. And so I would wake up early. I mean, I was going 1 a.m. in the morning, whatever. I'm, I'm going for prayer walks with God. You know, I lived in a nice area, which thank goodness the police weren't going to come around and think, what are you, what are you, what are you doing one around the, 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 the streets? But I was determined that I was going to do what I believe Jesus did. And I remember I was doing this for a few weeks and as the sun was coming up, I remember thinking, Jesus, you did. I know what it feels like now. You were up there in the mountains and you were praying by yourself. And I thought, I understand it because it meant there was no noise. And all I could hear was away from the noise, away from the, 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 the distractions. That's one of the first things to develop. 
a moment where you are away from what will distract you between you and your lover, which is the Holy Spirit. God loves you and he wants to be treated like a lover. And so I began to do that. Now, I remember having a conversation with what was a, you know, it was a minister actually, um, and just saying, look, I began to learn to watch movies with God. And this minister said, oh, that's the last thing I want to do, have the Holy Spirit watching a movie with me. You know, I'm just like, he says, that's like way too spiritual. But then I realized, actually, if God was physically in the room, it was literally like me saying to my best friend, can you go over there and just wait? I'm going to just watch a movie when I'm done, then we can come back and talk again. Go outside the room. I'm not going to talk to you all day. But when I'm ready, I'm going to give you. So, so it's literally often we're telling God through the Holy Spirit, sit in the corner until I'm ready to have a conversation. And usually it's when some problem's happening. Hey, 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 hey can, can you come and help? So we often treat God like the IT department. Do you know how it works? Or you know that plumber? You know? thinking oh god i've got to find a, a, a bright plumber now you know and then you and, and often you know if you haven't got a policy then you're going to have to pay out a call out fee you know or joining fee and that's often how we treat god we need him when we need him and when we don't he's on the back burner but jesus said this is what he said i only do what my father i see my father do I only say what he says. In other words, he stayed with him or in connection with the Father, the Holy Spirit, the whole time. So what I began to do was I involved God in everything I would do. So I'd sing in the shower when I'm cooking. You know, I'd say, Holy Spirit, I'm about to cook. And I would engage him if I was working on a problem. I'm saying, I'm working on this problem. You know, I began to involve him in everything. So in the middle of watching movies, I'd hear have revelations about different things. You know, I'd find an, an answer. I'd be cooking and I'd hear, add a little mint. Or add this. And I'd try it. So I started making my own recipes up. And family, oh, this is nice. I'm like, yeah. And I'm learning now to get the Holy Spirit involved in everything. I'm coaching my son. And I even do that now when I'm on the tennis court. And I'm on the other side of the court. Sometimes I'm praying in the Spirit. You know, I'm laughing and I'm singing. I'm just saying, thank you, Jesus. You know, I hit a shot. I'm like, hallelujah. You know, <laughs> you know when I'm in need of help, you know, I'm like, Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. You know, but then, I, but then I realized that God was playing tennis through me. In other words, he was enjoying a game of tennis, playing it with me. Because I was involving him in everything that I was doing. And I've learned all the way through the day now that everything I do, I involve him. People think, well, yeah, well, what about when you're, you're having an intimate time with your wife? In fact, there's no better lover than God. People get very embarrassed, right? Look at my wife. <laughs> but I'm telling you the truth. He knows all things. He knows my wife better than I do. So in other words, he knows. So he can give you inspiration, people. Okay? He is prepared to be involved in everything. Amen? <laughs> So, so I want to let you know that when you walk in the Spirit, that you are always in connection with a solution solver, with a burden bearer, 
with a healer. So I went through, I remember going through, um, when I was studying um, my life coaching, a group of all non-Christians. And I remember that I finished one day, and we were partway through the, the, the meeting, and one of the guys as I was leaving came up to me and says, you know, don't underestimate the power of your presence. I'm like, now I know what he's talking about. Because I brought God in that room. I worked with artists. And the first thing I say, Lord, maximize yourself in this room. Because he's the ultimate important thing to me. I'm, he's my king. He's the domain in which I live. And as we unpack this more, you'll begin to see that this is the only way you benefit from the kingdom. Can I tell you that a lot of us are not benefiting from all the amenities of the kingdom of God. We're struggling too much. We're doing too much by ourselves because we're, we're not including the Holy Spirit in what we do. Therefore, the kingdom and all its benefits are not on offer to us. But when you do that, you see when those temptations come, straight away you can begin to see a solution or a way out. You can pick up what's happening. In the middle of, I've sat, I've sat with lawyers. I'm not a lawyer. I did A-level law, but I'm not a lawyer. Complex situations. And they'll turn around and say, how do you understand this? I don't know. I don't know. There are things, situations I'm often involved with. I was asked to represent somebody at court. I'm reading through documents, and I'm like, I start off reading, and things are starting to make sense. I don't know how, because I've learned that I don't have to know how, but I know somebody who does. And I've learned this from a young age, to the point where now I know when God is speaking, I listen, I look for his response, I look for his answers, I look for his involvement in everything, I let him teach me to the point where, and I'll share more of this testimony another time, but where I don't know where I start and stop and the Holy Ghost starts and stop, I don't know myself away from him. Because I've learned to become one, he is in me, I'm in him. And therefore, I haven't got to think twice about it. I just take him everywhere. I involve him in everything. So I want to encourage you that it's an exciting thing to do. To begin to realize that how can I involve God in this? When you're working, involve him. Yeah, God, you know, oh, that was really good. I've got a great answer there, Lord. That's wonderful. Because he's, he's looking to give you solutions for the company you're working in. He's looking to give you answers for John or Mary next door that when they're ready to ask, you've already got the answer. And what I found was that people were coming up to me and asking me random questions. I knew why. Because the Holy Spirit had opened up an avenue because he knew he had an answer to give them. I want us to be a church like that. That the youngest and the eldest from all of us, can, it doesn't matter about age, I was 12 when I was giving prophetic words in church. Why? Because I began to hear the voice of God. We want a church where you know you know your God no matter what happens. You know your God. 
The kingdom of God is in the Holy Spirit. Stand with me right now. Most of us are here today because we know Jesus. We are born again. So it's not that you don't have the Holy Spirit. You're just not taking advantage of what he has, what he's offering. But if you are here today and you're not born again, you don't have access to what the Holy Spirit offers. But you can have, and it's really simple. And if you are here and you want Jesus to come into your life with all that heaven has to offer, you simply have to just raise your hands and say, Lord, that's me. Amen. See those hands. You just have to say, I want you to come into my heart. Fill me with your fullness. I want you just to pray, church, join them and pray this prayer with us together. Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. For hanging on the cross for my guilt thank you that you rose again from the dead and you can give me eternal life come into my heart let your kingdom dwell in me let your kingdom surround me I surrender myself to you I repent of my sins and invite you into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. You are born again. You are born again. As simple as that. I want to encourage you this week. Think about it. Take this passage. Read it again and again. And learn it off by heart. That the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, the Holy Spirit. And may God bless you as you begin to walk with him. In Jesus' name, bless the Lord.